Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AFC Show. We're coming to you live tonight from our Southern California studios. And if you want to be part of the show, feel free to give us a call. You can reach us tonight, area code 646-668-8837. As I said, we're coming to you live from our Southern California studios here for week four on September 30th, 2015. Almost October. Daryl, how are you doing tonight? Well, if Charlie could stop playing the bumper music in the middle of your conversation, I'd be doing even even better. But uh, I'm surviving a little bit of heat. And uh, hopefully this last day of September, we're going to see a break in the hot spell. I know there's flooding on the East Coast, but not out here in the West. It's been 90 degrees and uh, really hot. So, the end of the summer uh, should have happened, but I guess it'll it'll happen soon. I don't know about some of these teams in the AFC West, whether the end of their dreams has happened. It's a little early for that, but there are some teams that are, man, not looking so good. But let's talk about it, the whole range of it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to call in, we'd sure appreciate talking to you. We've got a great show tonight, and uh, as Darren said, the caller line is 646 646- Six six eight 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 three seven. What's going on with you, Darren? Well, you know, just trying to uh, enjoy this uh, fall that has begun. Like you said, waiting for it to cool off. I know there's rain in Oakland, rain in Denver, and uh, in San Diego. Well, it's just hot and dry. So we'll see what happens. Uh, if that's any indication as to how the uh, how the games are going to go for these teams, maybe it's. Uh, Rain coming down is only good. So let's talk about last week's games. So we had uh, some exciting games and what some thought was a, uh, a shocker. The Raiders uh, played the Browns at home, the Browns were. And the uh, Browns went away from Johnny football and started Josh McDowell. That was a big shocker to a lot of people. With that, the Raiders really uh, dominated the whole way, uh, overcoming the uh, Cleveland defense scoring 27 points uh, to the Browns, 20. Amari Cooper, eight receptions, 134 yards. Latavius Murray with 26 carries, 139 yards and a touchdown. You know, it's uh, it really was a, a great effort for the Raiders and certainly uh, certainly showed that they came to play. Yeah, they did. And 
I'll tell you, it, it is interesting to see where the stats shake out. I know we'll talk more about some of the injuries and everything that's, go, everything that's going on in Oakland, but right now uh, Oakland is sitting at or in second position in the AFC West, and it's been a long time since that's been happening uh, or, or happened at the fourth week mark of the season. Uh, I think about the only scenario I can think of is when all of the other teams are tied and Oakland is uh, behind. So that that is good news for Oakland, and I'll be one of the first to say that I kind of wrote them off. I don't know how long this will last, but, the, you know, they're making the most out of it, two and one. Not a bad deal for them. Charles Woodson with that big play. Uh, and there's some other things that are looking up. Obviously, there's some issues they've got to fix still to be a team that is play, playoff worthy. So we'll see what happens. Look at uh, San Diego had to play, uh, or San Diego has, has missed some opportunities. They haven't yet played some of their toughest teams, and Kansas City and Denver have played some pretty tough teams, albeit in Denver's case, um, you know, interestingly enough, the teams that they've faced so far haven't fared that well. So they were playoff teams in the past, but – Good for good for Oakland fans. I mean, anything that makes this division interesting, I'm all for. You know, and uh, and a little side note on this: this is the first time since 2009 that Oakland has uh, won in the Eastern Time Zone in their first road win since November 17, 2013. But 16-game uh, losing streak in the Eastern Time Zone came to an end. Uh, a drought, like I said, since 2009. So kudos to the Raiders. Uh, great, uh, great effort here. Way to get yourself uh, going for the season and, and starting off. And, uh, you know, it would be nice, like you said, to see a, a rejuvenated uh, Oakland Raiders really making a difference in the AFC uh, West. Moving along to the other uh, early morning game in the AFC West, uh, the Chargers traveled to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, they uh, – Ended up coming up well, well short. Phillip Rivers being benched in the fourth quarter, uh, in in uh, replaced by Clemens, and uh, with that, the final score thirty-one to fourteen. Adrian Peterson, uh, he went uh, crazy on him. Two touchdowns, one hundred and twenty-six yards. Keenan Allen, uh, in his own world, had a good uh, a good game, but that was about the only bright spot for the Chargers with two touchdowns, one hundred and thirty-three yards receiving. Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen was a bright spot, and you're right, Philip Rivers struggled. He had a 34-yard, I believe it was around 34 yards, uh, a pass to uh, to um, Keenan Allen. But other than that, he really struggled to complete any pass with over 10 yards. And uh, he, he definitely has confidence in Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's looking really good and, and rating out very well this year so, so far. We'll see how that goes down the road, but when we talk about the individual teams and what's going on with them, we'll get into some more details because there's some real problems in San Diego that aren't going to be quick to fix necessarily. Um, I didn't get to see that full game. I was in New Orleans celebrating the anniversary with my wife and uh, missed out on that, but I did get a few highlights and, and then got a chance to kind of check it out later on. So uh, it would be interesting to see the whole game, but 
as I've as I've learned a little bit more from the local media here in San Diego, there is quite a bit of turmoil turmoil as you can imagine with a one and two team. What about Denver versus the Detroit Lions? Well, you know, that game uh, stayed fairly close throughout the first half and uh, another road game in the AFC West, Denver traveling to Detroit, a very hungry 0-2 Detroit team with their home opener. And uh, late to half heroics for the Broncos, put the Broncos up 14-6. to They went on to uh, to keep that uh, close, 14-12 at the end of the third quarter and finally pull away in the fourth, 24-12. Once again, uh, the the Denver defense was staunch. Peyton Manning, 31 of 42, 324 yards and two touchdown passes, including a, a big pass, as I mentioned at the end of the first half, to Demarius Thomas on a on a, uh, a throw up, and uh, Demarius Thomas oh, ended up with 92 yards throw up. <laughs> and one touchdown. So. Uh, wouldn't quite call it a Hail Mary, so uh, for lack of a better term, we could say a jump ball then. All right. Yeah, I was going to make a comment about that, but you, you got it, and I think that's a fair assessment. It was, um, it, was rather, uh, it was rather important, and it did result in a little foul. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on it right now, a little personal foul for taunting. I don't think that was the intention, but – it turned out that way. It really helped turn or stem the, the tide of the game and turn it around. So uh, that was a big play in that game. And, and Denver's defense, you're right, it came up really solid. Speaking of defenses that are good, what happened in – well, it was in Green Bay with Kansas City versus Green Bay. Well, you know, I, I don't know if anyone really picked uh, Kansas City to win this game. Uh, winning in Green Bay against a uh, red-hot Aaron Rodgers is, is always tough. When uh, Rodgers throws five touchdown uh, passes against your defense, you know you're in trouble. And that's what happened to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, the score was 31-7 to, to seven, uh, going into the fourth quarter. The Chiefs did get 14, uh, 14 uh, I'm sorry, 31 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. They got 14 extra points in the fourth quarter in the uh, kind of the uh, nothing part of the game. But uh, with that, the one uh, bright spot for the Chiefs is they did end their touchdown to a wide receiver uh, drought. They did, and, and I think the, the big problem there, twofold, uh, um, maybe a must rush by the Kansas City Chiefs rather than going all out against um, Aaron Rodgers. And they certainly, because of the score, they couldn't stick with their running game, and they didn't stick with the running game. And I think that's something you have to do, do against the Green Bay Packers. And so while it wasn't surprising, I think what was surprising was the lackluster effort the offense showed against the Green Bay Packers for much of the game. You're right, they got some points on the board, but if somebody watched that game, I, I don't think they would ever have thought the the end result was in doubt, uh, albeit they had a chance for a for an onside kick, but even that wouldn't have mattered because they would have had to score a touchdown and then come back and, and get a field goal on top of it to, to win. So, uh, you know, a tough game to go into Green Bay and, and – um, 
I, we'll watch and see how the Chiefs rebound. We'll make our predictions at the end. Again, if you want to call in, feel free. Phone number here is 646-668-8837. And uh, this is uh, the fourth week of the NFL season. We have teams kind of starting to settle down. I do believe there's still seven undefeated teams in the NFL, and there are quite a few 0-3 teams as well. Let's get back to the AFC West, Darren. Where should we start? Well, why don't we start off with the uh, with those two and one Raiders? Are they for real? Wow, you know that's a that's a a great question, and and a couple of things that come out of this. I'll let you talk about Latavius Murray in a minute, but uh, one of the things that I want to point out is their their defense. While they're giving up a lot of yards overall, and and um, I think part of that may have been with the the Cleveland Browns trying to come back. Khalil Mack has looked very good, and this is a guy that I, I believe he was the fifth overall, overall pick last year and came from a small school. People wondered if the stage might be too big for him. He has struggled at times, but he looked pretty darn good and, and uh, graded out very well in the last game. So that is an uptick. And the ageless wonder, Charles Woodson, he was able to uncork a little something special when he got that interception at the end to seal the game. Um, So their defense is suspect, but the offense seems to be clicking a little bit, and I'm going to let you talk about that. Well, you know, I I think that uh, first off, before we get to Latavius, Murray Walker mentioned Amari Cooper. The Raiders uh, spent a a big draft pick on him, and – you know, I believe he was the fifth-round overall pick there. Uh, they really count on him to be big, and so far he has. In his three games, uh, the first one he struggled a little bit. The last two, he's averaged 109 and 134 yards uh, in each game with uh, one touchdown there. But uh, he is definitely coming on strong, and, and he's become uh, Derek Carr's favorite uh favorite uh, weapon there. So that has been, been a huge addition. The other young uh, player is Latavius Murray, who basically uh, took over last year with the injury to Darren McFadden and Latavius Murray. uh, He's consistently continued to improve each week. He uh, had 44 yards against a tough Cincinnati defense in the first uh, game. Second game, he, uh, he had 65 yards, rushing and then 22 yards receiving uh, against the stingy Baltimore defense. And then uh, here against Cleveland, he's up that to, uh, to 139 yards receiving and 10 yards rushing. So he's progressing very well for a running back and really uh, been able to stay strong. He didn't get much in the first half of this game against Cleveland, but uh, Jack Del Rio stuck with the run and, uh, and committed to it second half. Latavius Murray really uh, came on strong, and uh, he ended up, uh, I believe, with uh, with 18 or 19 of his 26 carries in the second half, and and really just um, was able to to take uh, care of business. He ended up getting 110 yards there in that second half. Yeah, for the and the the good news for the offense, and again, let's see how this plays out over a few more games. But over three games. The Raiders are in the top uh, four overall for their, their offensive efficiency, or I'm sorry, top five for their overall offensive efficiency. The flip of that is the, 
defensively, they're in the bottom 12. I think they're ranked at number 11 right now. And so that's going to be a trouble. Pro Football Focus actually ranked them as the number 18, I believe, team in the NFL, which, interestingly enough, is ahead of some of the other AFC West shows, or not shows, but teams. So um, that's kind of an unusual place for them to be. Normally they're down near the bottom. So congratulations, Oakland Raiders. Let's move on to the Chiefs and talk a little bit about what's going on in Kansas City. They're one and two, and so things aren't going quite as well there. Darren, what is the news in Kansas City that really sticks out to you? Well, you know, the the Chiefs, the big news that happened this week was the uh, loss of the slot cornerback Philip Gaines to torn ACL. You know, with that, um, he was – a wide receiver, or I'm sorry, a cornerback who had done well for the team uh, early on. And uh, in his last game, he, he ended up tearing his ACL. So, of course, he is out for the season. Um, but with that, you know, they uh, they also are worried a little bit because because uh, they do have these young uh, cornerbacks, not a lot of depth. They've been waiting for Sean Smith, the cornerback, to come back from, from uh, suspension. And he is going to be back. But um, along with that now, you're going to have to either have Marcus Cooper or Jamel Flinning take over those uh, nickel duties. So uh, the slot is a big area in the AFC West and an area that Kansas City thought that they were, were going to be pretty good at this season with those young draft picks that they'd had. Uh, but now with this loss here, definitely puts uh, them in some question marks going against slot receivers such as uh such as Stevie Johnson there in uh Stevie Johnson there in uh, San Diego and in Denver uh, you have a couple of uh, decent slot receivers in Norwood and also then uh who they've been playing uh along with that with Benny Fowler so something to keep an eye on there in Kansas City another thing that sticks with me how could how could the coach there, who used to be with the Green Bay Packers at one time, how could he look so inept in his uh, coaching against this Green Bay Packer team? Well, Green Bay has made a lot of people look inept. So I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I'm not sure that's the way to describe it. I think that there was a malaise still. A lot of people thought coming off that Denver loss, okay, we know that that was stunning and just a huge turnaround. It wasn't luck. Denver drove the ball down and tied the game with a really good drive. But I think what stuck with people was that last uh, few seconds where Jamal Charles fumbled the ball and Denver took it in for touchdown and just finished it up without the overtime, which a lot of people thought were going to happen. So you, you then have a long layoff and they come back and they come out and they start playing that game rather rather lackadaisically and didn't stand out. And so I think that's really the question. It, it would have been um, – if they had come out and looked sharp at the beginning, I think people would be talking differently. I don't think any of us question whether or not Andy Reid is a good coach, but it just wasn't a great way for them to come out. What I will say Andy is – Andy Reid, though, is, Andy it, Reed is one of the – best bringing a team off a bye and this basically was a bye for them yes I understand they had a little bit of a letdown there in that Denver game but uh, it still just didn't seem like he had the team prepared enough well that's why I that's why I think it comes up when you say how could he do that I I still think it's a little harsh 
Um, I, I don't question Andy Reid so much. Where I do look quite a bit at uh, and place the blame, Alex Smith lost a lot of his credibility as a top probably 12, 14 quarterback. A lot of people thought he could make all the throws, et cetera. And he might be able to, but, boy, he just stunk. He had a minus 8.3 rating on pro football focus and just didn't do well. Now, granted, uh, the, the Green Bay defense was very active, uh, but one bright spot on that offensive line or the offensive side of the ball, what, besides those touchdowns you spoke of, uh, Eric Fisher came back and he did play at right tackle and, and did pretty well. So pro, uh, I think that, you know, the pro football focus grade on Alex Smith is something that is rather, uh, is rather damning. Uh, and we'll see. Hopefully he can come back from that, but that wasn't good. Overall, you know, their defense is, is uh, sixth in the league and, and doing pretty well. Offensively, however, you can just flip that around the off- opposite of the Raiders, and they're around 21st in the league. And uh, the good news for them, though, is that a lot of people rate them in the, t- in the top 10 to top 14 range for teams, depending on whether you look at ESPN or whether you look at Pro Football Focus or any number of other rankings. So I think they can come back from it, but – it's not a good start, and they've already dropped a divisional game. So the onus is upon the Chiefs to start playing better. And we'll make our predictions in just a couple minutes. Well, let's talk about those San Diego Chargers, a team that another team that's in disarray, and uh, and really, you know, uh, they are going to be playing a great game this week, I think. But we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, they they are in disarray, and we could say the sky is falling on this team. They've got an offensive line that uh, right now Philip Rivers is standing up for, but, uh, you know, uh, with this offensive line, you're missing or banged up. Uh, DJ Fluker could barely walk after the game against Minnesota. King Dunlap went out with a concussion. Orlando Franklin, luckily, uh, he was carted off the field, looked a lot worse. They're saying it's just a, a right ankle injury. Uh, with this, then Johnny Troutman, who, who earlier in the year broke his arm, uh, they had to put him on injured reserve so they could make some some possible changes. You know, they did sign the uh, the Denver cast-off and Miami cast-off J.D. Walton, uh, who plays center, and they promoted Tyreek Burwell from uh, the practice squad. So a lot of issues with the uh, offensive line for a team that's uh, led by Phillip Rivers is fourth in the league in passing with 296.3 yards. Yeah, I, I, I do like J.D. Walton. I, I don't think he was as much of a cast-off from Denver as they, they were unsure about whether they wanted to pay him the money he was worth. That offensive line is a mess, and they've got to sort it out. They're really hurting. I do think they're going to get Ladarius Green back, and so that may help. But I'll tell you what, the Charger fans are up in uh, arms about this, and they are calling their own team soft and not very happy about it. And, by the way, as you mentioned, Rivers is, is throwing interceptions. Uh, pro football focus dropped them down to number 20. I, I think I saw ESPN have them somewhere between 18 and 22. So it, it is not good for them. They've got to figure this out. But when that offensive line is struggling, you're going to have a tough time. And their defense is just not doing well. Their defense is one of the lower-rated defenses in the NFL. I am worried for the Chargers. It doesn't look good. 
Fortunately, it's still the first quarter of the season. Darren, can we move on to the Broncos? Because I know we're going to run out of time, and we want to get some picks in today. Well, let's talk about another offensive line that's in disarray, the Denver Broncos. Had Tyler Zambrilo, their rookie left tackle, sit out today with a shoulder injury that happened in the later parts of the Detroit game. Uh, And their offensive line has, has been in a lot of problems. Can they get the running game going? Well, they are last in the NFL in rushing, and that has got to be killing Gary Kubiak because he said again and again that Denver is going to be a running team, especially later in the year. So uh, I, I don't know how that's going to happen. I did hear a quote from Adrian Peterson saying when he was asked, how do, you, how do you get a team running that's not running the ball well? He said, keep running. So maybe they will, but I'd like to give some other measure of hope rather than just say keep running. I think the good news is that they are able to find the receivers. I am concerned that later on in the year that this is not going to be a formula that actually works well in cold weather. So that is concerning. The bright spot is the defense. The defense is playing right now the number one defense in the NFL, and they just are phenomenal. I I just saw a statistic that they had on – on the on passes against them, on over 50% of the passes, they were pressuring the passer. That's phenomenal. They're making turnovers. And so that's what's saving the, the day for them. So I don't know. Um, what do you think about, about C.J. Anderson? Is he, going to, is he going to be able to come back? And what about uh, Thompson? Is, is, how, how serious is his injury? Thompson was back at practice today, so that's the good news. The uh, the issue, you mentioned the Sandia Chargers being called soft. Well, Gary Kubiak could toss one over the bow saying that uh, C.J. Anderson needs to be able to stay on the field. He he uh, is missing a lot of repetitions with nicks and, and bang-ups. Uh, kind of challenging uh, C.J. to get a little bit more, uh, more strong there and a little bit uh, healthier now. If he can't stay out on the field, Jawan Thompson will be uh, ready, it looks like, to step in and take his place. So that is the good news. You know, I, I think we got some picks to make if you're ready for those. What, uh, what do you have to say? Well, let's start with Kansas City and Cincinnati. Kansas travels again, going away from home, second week in a row to Cincinnati. Cincinnati had that big win against Baltimore. Um, you know, it's a it's a kind of a big game for both teams, but certainly more for Kansas City. They want to kind of turn things around, and I, I'm just not sure. I would like to say that I can see Kansas City picking up the pieces and changing this. I I just don't see it. I'm I'm going to say that Cincinnati wins the game by four. They they match the spread. And I think that that's, that, that's what's going to happen. Now, Darren, you may have something different to give on this, but I, I don't think that the um, offense of Kansas City will pose as much threat as the offense of Cincinnati can. And I think both defenses are pretty good. Well, Alex Smith, welcome to the jungle. Cincinnati is a very tough place to play when Cincinnati's at home. They've got the full package at 3-0 and right now. Cincinnati's on fire. They don't lose at home. Did I mention that? And you know what? I just don't see this uh, this team being able to slow down the uh, the trifecta of of uh, Dalton and then Giovanni Bernard and Hill. 
and A.J. Green. So watch out, uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati by three. Let's talk about Oakland and Chicago. Actually, let's do Cleveland at San Diego first. You know, we got the uh, other cellar dwellers in the AFC West. You know, Cleveland is coming into San Diego. Cleveland team in disarray. Like I said, this is the perfect game for the San Diego Chargers to bounce back from their uh, two losses. They're home. Uh, they'll have the fans ready, these rabid fans in San Diego. I uh, wonder if their team is going to move or not. But, uh, you know, Cleveland does not have any weapons that uh, they can really rely on anymore. Uh, I think the issue at quarterback has really stung the Cleveland Browns. Their defense doesn't look uh, look too sturdy either. I see uh, uh, the San Diego Chargers winning this. Watch for uh, uh, Phillip Rivers to rebound with some short passes. The use of the running back Melvin Gordon and Danny Woodhead on short swing passes to buy time. Uh, this game San Diego by six, Daryl. I'm not going to go that far. I really think that offensive line is in trouble with the defense of uh, Cleveland, but they are on the road. I do think that the uh, that, that uh, you're right, the offense of Cleveland is not that threatening, so I will give San Diego the nod. I'm going to say that San Diego will pull this off by three points. All right, what about Oakland at Chicago? You know, for the first time, Oakland's favored, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and go with that. I'm going to say Oakland can win this game by three. Uh, I don't know. Call me a believer or not, but there's a fire sale in Chicago, and um, I don't know that, that they're up to the task or their heart's in it. So maybe we should come back after the break here and finish with Denver at Minnesota, but why don't you add your pick if we have time? Well, you know, I'm going to say – Watch out, Jay Cutler. Watch out, uh, watch out, Chicago. Oakland wins this game by six. I think they're going to be uh, passing, passing, passing. It uh, could provide a lot of uh, a lot of great uh, aerial showcase plays. So Oakland will win this game by six. Follow us at AFC West Show on Twitter. We'll be back with the uh, last pick here in a couple of uh, seconds. Right after this, for the AFC West Show. This is Darren, and Daryl will be right back. with the AFC West Show After Hours. You can follow us on at AFC West Show Twitter there or Facebook. You can find us the AFC West Show page. We're making our picks. So far, uh, we've we've been together on our picks with uh, two AFC West teams winning and one, uh, one AFC West team struggling in Cincinnati. That leaves us with the Minnesota Vikings at Denver Broncos. This game is one well, that uh, features – go ahead. Before we do that, let's let's go back because we were kind of rushed by the bumper there and, and uh, fitting things in. You made an interesting comment about uh, Chicago, and you referenced Cutler, and a lot of people out there might be wondering, well, what is what is Darren talking about, and what does he mean? So tell me a little bit more. Why did Jay Cutler come up in your comment? Well, you know, he is the uh, he is the savior there for 
for the uh, the, the uh, Chicago Bears, but uh, you know I, I'm not sure if he is going to be playing. Well, I, I I thought you knew because because you brought that up, so I'm sorry to leave you on the hook there. Uh, but he was back at practice, and so it does look like he, he has a chance to play. Uh, and Alshon Jeffries is also back at practice, so that does make it a little more interesting. But trading away um, Jared Allen and Bostic kind of makes you wonder whether or not they're intending to tank the season and just go ahead and aim for a high draft pick. I don't think he'll be back after this season. Interestingly enough, the speculation is, will they even play them if he comes back? It'd be tough if he's healthy for them to truly just say, no, we're going to sit you down and play the the backup. I I believe it's Jimmy Clausen there. Um, But it wouldn't surprise me if this is a, a, a team that might eventually even deal Matt Forte. So, uh, an interesting thing that wasn't meant to put you on the spot. I thought you had you had just seen that and were were baiting our audience there a little bit. But let's go ahead and move on to Minnesota and Denver. Darren, uh, walk us up to this game and tell us what's going on. Well, you know this game is a uh, is a uh, battle of two teams. Minnesota who started off struggling. Denver who started off struggling very well could have lost their first game and uh, their second game perhaps. And both have come on strong here. You have two and one Minnesota traveling to Denver. Now the purple people eaters, the defense in, in uh, Minnesota looks stellar against, uh, against Phillip rivers. They had four quarterback sacks, 13 quarterback hits, four tackles for loss, really an outstanding defense uh, against an offensive line that struggled. So you have a very similar recipe against the Denver Broncos offensive line that's struggling and a Peyton Manning who's been more than willing to self sack. That being said, you do have a, a running game in Minnesota with Adrian Peterson, who, who uh, didn't do great the first game. Uh, they, they basically went for a passing offense for some reason against the 49ers, but then came back to the rushing uh, offense where now Adrian Peterson the last two games has had over 100 yards rushing against both the Chargers and also the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, what this in my mind is going to come down to is which defense is better that there's no question. This Denver Bronco defense will be able to bait Teddy Bridgewater when he has to pass, uh, get some pressure on there as long as they can contain Adrian Peterson in the first and second level, not let him get uh, free. I do see the Broncos being able to squeak out a, a victory. I'm going to say uh, Denver by seven in this game. You know, I don't think we much disagree on that. The offensive line, if, if Ty Sambrilo is out, that's going to be a big deal and make it a, a much tougher game. Whether or not Denver can get some running going, that's another question to be answered. Uh, I'm sure they're going to work at it. Uh, again, I don't know what the result will be, but it is a work in progress, and you've got to keep trying. So uh, I don't think that the the Vikings defense can contain the Broncos offense, uh, at least the passing offense. But if there's not a good – if there's not a good uh, run game or at least a semblance of a run game, it's going to make it much more difficult. I still believe that Broncos defense can do the job um, and, and contain that Vikings offense. So I'm going to go on the optimistic side. My best case scenario, I believe Denver can, can win this by nine points, actually. So I'm going to put my, my neck out there and say that. 
On the flip side, if, if uh, Denver can't get any running game going and it really allows um, Minnesota to tee off and Ty Sambrilo is replaced by one of the backup line, linemen like Schofield or somebody else, that could be a real disaster for Denver. So uh, I could see that game being much closer or even a crucial interception that might turn the tide of that game. That being said, I'm still going to go on the positive side. And uh, nine points, Denver win. It is in Denver. I think it's going to be really unsettling for Bridgewater. He's not going to be able to audible that easily. Not going to be able to hear the snap count that easily. And you've got Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware. You've also got Shane Barrett. And you have our Shaquille Barrett, uh, Barrett and uh, uh, Shane Ray. So, th- I mean, there's pressure coming from all points. And by the way, I don't think we even talked about Bradley Roby. That guy is playing perhaps the best of any of Denver cornerbacks. Cor- I know he plays in the nickel and is the third cornerback, but he is giving up the least amount of yards of all of them, and they're all extremely good. So, good luck getting any real passing. I think Denver stacks the box and dares the Vikings to throw. Uh, they do have a, a tight end that, that is capable and kind of dangerous, so you got to watch that. And Denver does struggle, so it'll be interesting to see how they neutralize that tight end while still trying to stack the box and guard against Adrian Peterson. Darren, anything to close up this weekend's or uh, this week's broadcast? You know, I'm looking forward to a, a great uh, weekend, a great weekend of football, and uh, looking forward to being able to talk about these again next week. Well, welcome to October, everybody. Tomorrow we move into the new month, and uh, week four is starting tomorrow as well. Good luck to all. Thank you for listening. And, Darren, I'm going to let you say good night. From the AFC West Show, good night. Follow us at AFC West Show on Twitter. Listen to the replays on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.